Did you guys ever think I'd have Watkins and Jacuzzi on the podcast at the same time? Well, today is that day. Of course, it's for a good cause. As you may know, Spa Retailer is the official magazine of the International Hot Tub Association and has been for a long time, well before I bought the brand. Something that has always perplexed me is the lack of hot tub retailer involvement, interaction, and support of the IHTA. And look, I know the reasons why. I know the history. I know the personalities. I know. I know. But I guess I don't care. I don't really think any of those reasons ultimately matter. Because here's the deal. The work the IHTA does on behalf of the hot tub industry is incredibly important. If you don't think so, then I don't want to hear any of you complaining about the supply chain or price increases because that's essentially what the IHTA works on. They are ensuring that the hot tub industry is protected, can remain relevant and equitable for all its stakeholders. Also, it's not expensive. I think it boils down to like $50 a month or something. That's going to be the least expensive line item on your budget, except for maybe your subscription to Spa Retailer. And there are benefits that you can take advantage of by becoming a member too. So this isn't a one-sided proposition. Okay, that's my soapbox for this episode. The link to join is in the show notes. Just go do it right now. It will take you two minutes. All right, enjoy. This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. And today we have the pleasure of having Steve Steigers and Tracine Marroquin on from the IHTA leadership team. Hi guys. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey Megan, Megan thanks for having us. So if you guys don't know, the interesting thing here is that Steve is an executive at Watkins and Tracine is an executive at Jacuzzi. But despite the fact that they are competitors, they work together and work pretty closely for the IHTA. And I thought it would be interesting to have them both on at the same time to talk about the IHTA, what it does for the hot tub industry and the membership drive it currently have going on and why everyone needs to become a member. So thanks for coming on. Is it weird like, to, to do this as competitors or not so much? Uh, I'll, I guess I'll start with that question, uh, Megan. For my side, it, it's not so weird. Tracine and I have been working very closely for the entirety of this year. She's been great to work with, and, and we've achieved a lot in the last few months. So um, no issues for my side at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, there's some some things that are better done in groups um, and industry leadership. You have to kind of put, you know, your uh, your competitiveness aside and mm-hmm. and work for the for the greater good. And I agree with Steve. It's been it's been a real pleasure getting to know him you know, in this capacity um, and finding ways that we can serve the industry overall. I think that that kind of uh, underlines the importance of the IHTA, the fact that we have, you know, the two biggest companies in our industry and some would maybe say the fiercest competitors come together and working for the good of the industry in a way that is collaborative and helpful and that you guys both see the 
the benefit of that and spend your time and energy working on it. I think that kind of just underlines to the whole industry, how important that this is for us all. I couldn't agree more. And we also um, work with a lot of other, you know, key industry leaders, whether they're manufacturers or component suppliers or retailers in a leadership team. And it is a great collaboration amongst all of us and never been a more important time to to be a part of the industry with with the record growth that we've had in the last couple of years. And uh, the work that we're doing is, is really beneficial to all of us. So for people who don't know about the IHGA, the International Hot Tub Association, we should say, can you just give us a brief history of the IHTA? How did it get started? I mean, I kind of know a little bit of the of the backstory of the IHTA, but what is the IHTA and why is it here? <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Um, it's been a bit of a journey to get to where we are today. The IHTA was actually started all the way back in 2008. And um, really with the goal of better serving the needs of of the key industry stakeholders, whether you're a supplier, a manufacturer, a retailer, a distributor, or a related partner. And, you know, really the primary goal was to defend the the portable spa industry from what we would call unnecessary government interference that comes by way of of legislation and regulation. And around that time, back in 2008, um, regulation was becoming more of a thing. And and uh, was becoming increasingly active in our industry. Also at that time, and and I think also to some extent true today, the hot tub industry tends to get linked with recreational water or swimming pools. But as we know, know, we're we're nothing like a swimming pool and and we've got different challenges that we face. Um, So really the IHTA was established all the way back then as a national organization focused 100% on the hot tub industry as the number one concern and focus area for for protecting the industry and and defending the industry against regulation and legislation. It seemed like at the time, this was kind of when they had Virginia Graham Baker that the hot tub industry got looped into. There were some energy standards that it seemed like hot tubs were looped into that the industry hadn't been very well prepared for, it seemed like at the time, if I'm remembering correctly, that was when I first entered the industry. And so there was a lot of this at the time that I just, a lot of the politics of it that I didn't really get then. <laughs> and, and that's exactly correct. And, and at the time, you know, the, the pool and spa industry were kind of viewed as one. So they were passing these regulations that frankly, they didn't make a lot of sense for hot tubs. Mm-hmm. And I think it caught the industry by surprise. We, we had to make pretty significant changes on how we manufactured our, our, our product. And it had impact really for, for everybody involved. So at that time, you know, the industry from a hot tub perspective thought it best to to form a trade association that really served the the interests of of the hot tub category. I know at the time it felt like, and and talking to people who were with the IHTA, they said this was not the case, but from the outside looking in, it felt like there was, it was kind of in direct response to APSP at the time and people feeling like they hadn't stood up for the hot tub industry like they should have. But now you guys have merged back together with what was the H, the APSB and is now the PHTA. And so it seems like you guys have kind of, if there were differences, which I know people said there weren't, (laughs) seems like you've figured that out and have decided to come under the roof of the PHTA to be again, one organization. So how has that been going from sort of being an independent hot tub only focused group to now being under the umbrella of the larger association? Even before that, keep in mind that back in 2008, it wasn't just the APSP. You also had the National Swimming Pool Foundation. You also had the Northeast Pool and Spa Association. And the idea was, gosh, all of those three might not have specifically been looking at the hot tub category. And that's kind of why it came about. But after the IHTA was formed back in 2008, 
It actually merged back with the APSP or became a part of the APSP in 2013. Um, and it just made a lot of sense um, to really have kind of one voice on the government um, affairs related issues. It is expensive and, and does require a lot of manpower to have a government affairs team. So there was just a lot of synergies and, and it made sense at the time for, for the two to come back together. And then in, in 2019, the APSP merged with the um, National Swimming Pool Foundation to form the PHTA. So a little, little bit of acronym soup there. And a, yeah, a little absolutely. Bit but really, it was for the same reason. It was to be able to realize and gain those same efficiencies. But now that the IHTA sits within the PHTA, mm-hmm. really, we, we still have that uh, unification, but we've got an industry trade association that's never been stronger. But from the hot tub perspective, we still have a very strong voice and our needs are, are certainly uh, met. And, and uh, when we need to have a voice, it, it's, it's still amplified. I think it's interesting how that all came together because the IHTA was its own thing. You guys were able to put together your own structure and kind of decide on the things that you felt was important to focus on. And then you're able to bring that back into the PHTA and really kind of hold your own and have and be a voice for the hot tub industry in the midst of this larger organization. And I mean, it made a lot of sense at the time when you guys merged back with them. And I'm sure that it helps out, like you said, a lot with efficiencies and, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you guys to be uh, using the same monitoring companies and paying the same fees for all of the things when you could just be using the, using the same, the same stuff. (laughs) We talk amongst ourselves about how different our products are from pools. Right. But um, unfortunately the regulators, they still kind of lump them all together. So it really would be redundant efforts, you know, to have a hot portable hot tub only kind of view of that and a recreational water swimming kind of view of that as well. So, I mean, you're absolutely right, Megan, like we're trying to make the most of it where it makes sense. And, you know, we're very grateful with the way we're structured within the PHTA that we still do have our own standalone leadership team. You know, we have our own budget with our own ability to, you know, influence how the PHTA is considering portable hot tubs within the overall organization. And I think as it sits today, Megan, we really do have kind of the best of both worlds. In, into what Tracine just said, we've got a, a very much hot tub focused trade association and leadership team in the IHTA, but we get all of the benefits of being part of a bigger organization and, and everything that brings with it, um, with our affiliation with the PHTA. Something that I think gets lost in translation too, and not so much maybe anymore, but when the IHTA started, you know, the, the APSP used to have the hot tub council and they were trying to put together this big marketing campaign then you had the IHTA. And so sometimes I think dealers are like, well, what are you doing? You're not doing any marketing. And they kind of think that that's what you're supposed to be doing for them. But really that is not the purpose of the IHTA at all. You guys are really there for the protection of the industry, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say that fundamentally um, the legislative and regulatory forward thinking, we learned what happened with Virginia Graham Baker, right? Like that was a reactionary environment where we all had to respond quickly and figure out you know, we, we wanted to do what was best for the product, but we didn't really have any foresight of what was coming there. You know, the difference now is having that forward look, you know, we're really on top of what's going to affect, has, potentially could affect, hopefully influencing, you know, where necessary, what does affect our category from a regulation standpoint. Down to the retailer level, I think it's hard for them to understand kind of all the things that you guys are doing behind the scenes and how those issues could 
have big impacts on them in ways that they just, it just doesn't, they just don't understand because they don't know, right. They don't know what right. you guys are working on. They don't know what you're doing behind the scenes. And I'm always shocked when I go to, cause I always try to go to the annual meetings at the shows. I am always shocked at the n- amount of things that you guys have worked on and fixed and come up with standards for that. I had, I had no idea. And, and just the, the amount of work and time that it must take to do all of that is pretty, it's pretty astounding. To be honest with you, you know, I've been involved in this industry for several years now. And until I joined the IHTA about a year and a half ago, I had no idea mm-hmm. how much, um, you know, work the trade association was doing in these areas. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think that most retailers in the industry, they don't know. And it's kind of one of those things. They don't need us until they need us, but right. when they need us, they really need us. And um, we've been involved in just a number of circumstances just this year alone, where, you know, retailers found out that maybe some some harmful legislation was passed locally in their town or their state that's kind of impacting sales. And then we've been able to step in and, and really help mitigate a lot of these situations for them. And, and then they really understand the value that we bring to, to the retailers in our in our industry. Can you guys kind of walk through some of the big things that the IHTA has accomplished or worked on over the years and and why they matter to the industry as a whole, I think to kind of help illustrate that point of why why we need the IHTA and why the IHTA needs the support of the industry at large. I'll give you one that just has come up um, recently um, in the latter half of this year. As everybody knows, there's been a pretty significant drought on the West Coast um, that's affecting many Western states. And um, as the drought has progressed, many you know cities, particularly in California, but also now in other states, is starting to happen, are starting to pass um, water use restrictions in in their towns. Right. And there was a t- point in time this summer when the government affairs team at the IHTA PHTA were receiving anywhere from three to five notifications per day that cities in the western half of the United States were you know having votes to to pass water use restrictions. And not that hot tubs were were impacted in all of these, but they were certainly in some. Right. And um, the, the you know the trade association was able to mobilize resources, both with their government affairs team and also with some some other lobbyists that they work with, as well as mobilize local retailers to actually show up at these you know county commission meetings or or township meetings as these votes are taking place to be able to you know make the case that. You know, hot tubs are, are conscientious users of water. They're not water wasters, and they shouldn't necessarily be unfairly grouped with some other categories of products that might waste water. And uh, they've they've been very successful this year, kind of keeping those ordinances at bay. That that ha- and and you know, so far this year, to to our luck and to their credit, hot tubs have not been negatively impacted in any of these water use restrictions that have passed. Uh, but it's a continued battle that that we're going to have to keep working on. Um, as as long as the drought continues. Yeah, that's not going to go away. I mean, and you think about the fear for all of us when COVID hit and the thought that, you know, our businesses were going to have to be shut down. And, you know, we're able to say that, you know, the care of recreational water is important for the health of communities and, and, and homes and people. But when it comes to drought and using water at all, it could have the same impact, right? Where they're just like, we don't care, <laughs> you know, drain it and don't refill it. That's what, that's what your options are. And that could be, have a huge impact on our industry. And I think we're, we've been a little, if you know, if you don't live in an area where that's impacted, you, you have a little bit of a head in the sand type mentality for that one, I think. Absolutely. And the other one that I would add that has been, you mentioned it, Megan, kind of in the upfront, it's been an ongoing 
challenge has to do with energy use regulations, right? And the objective of the group overall is to harmonize into a federal standard instead of, you know, what we've been dealing with in the last few years is, you know, state by state and each state kind of having the autonomy to create their own, you know, their own uh, regulation. And that's not ideal for anyone, right? It's not ideal for the consumer who wants to be able to compare product, who wants to know that they're getting the most energy efficient product because the, the manufacturer needs to know what the rules are, right? So, you know, the, 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 the IHTA and particularly the engineering committee has worked tirelessly for, uh, you know, it feels like decades now. It really uh, does. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some harmonization across, you know, across those regulations. And we're, we're really zeroing in on that now and having really, really great success. Just this year, we've had a couple of other states decide to adopt APS P14, which is what Tracy's referring to. And just within the past couple of weeks, California signed on, um, which was a huge win for the... Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic news. I mean, I have this sticker right here um, that says, I don't care how they do it in California. <laughs> <laughs> which of course is where both of you guys are, but whether we like it or not, what happens in California is going to impact the rest of the industry in one way or another. And so we we need to pay attention and care about what happens, what happens there. That said, it is a nationwide effort, Megan, and we're we're working on Pennsylvania right now. And we, we hopefully by the end of this year, we'll get some decisions made there. Yeah. I think the interesting thing right now is that, so for the first time, dealers have had to think about supply chain, right? I mean, like it has never impacted them before because you guys have just handled it. If there's been disruptions, if there's been issues, the manufacturers have taken care of it. It hasn't been a global crunch like what we've seen. And so suddenly I feel like all of these things have become more front of mind for the rest of the industry. And they can see in a really real way how things that restrict the manufacturers and things that restrict the suppliers can trickle down and impact their businesses in a way that they don't appreciate. I mean, if you guys had to make a different hot tub for California than you had to make for, you know, Texas, you know, that makes everything more expensive. And I don't think any retailer right now wants their hot tubs to get more expensive. We've seen how much they like that in the last in the last And I think year. that's a great call out on, on how that can actually tangibly, you know, impact a, a retailer, regardless if you're in one of these states that's adopted that standard or not. Probably not going out on a limb when I would say that most retailers out there want their manufacturers to be more efficient right now, just due to the state of things. And, you know, something like a, a harmonized um, energy standard, you know, that allows manufacturers to build product the same way, regardless of geography, that, that's a big win for everybody. And that kind of brings us to the, the topic at hand, which is the IHTA has started a membership drive that you guys have launched in 2021, trying to get more retailers involved in PHTA and get them to become members members of PHTA in a way that specifically supports the IHTA and its, and its mission. So can you tell us a little bit more about, about the membership drive and kind of what the, the purpose of that is for the IHTA? So, we, I mean, it's interesting when, particularly when you think of like Steve and I in the roles that we're in, you know, we kind of zoom out and look at what has the leadership committee done traditionally, what has the IHT done traditionally well, right? The IHTA. We've worked together with industry suppliers. We've pulled, you know, leadership from those teams. Um, most of our membership dues right now come from what we call category two members, which are suppliers into the industry, mm-hmm. are, you know, sort of underrepresented 
group is really the retailers. And, you know, Steve and I looked, we, we have a lot of influence in the retail world. You know, we both have a significant amount of dealers in the brands that we represent, as do many of the other, you know, manufacturers that sit on the committee with us. And, you know, we've, we've thought about it two ways. Number one, how can we get the money from these guys, right? Just selfishly thinking about a membership drive. But number two, what can we do to drive more value in the things that we're doing that will that will kind of taper down all the way down, you know, to that retailer level. And honestly, that's a, that's an ongoing objective, right? It's not like we brainstormed things we can do immediately that affect retailers and we, you know, we've actioned those and we're done. We're continuously looking for things that we can do that can affect the retailers that the IHTA can make a difference on. Um, And I would even suggest any of your listeners, right? If there's, they have any suggestions or things that they would like to see the IHTA do more of, let us know, right? Like we're, we're here to serve the industry. Our retailers are a big part of that industry. And we want to make sure that we're, you know, that we're covering everything that's necessary. It's always the argument when it comes to politics, right? Is that if you don't vote, you kind of don't get a say. So it's, it's sort of the same thing with this, right? Like if you want to say in what happens in the industry at large, if you want your voice heard when it comes to things that the IHT is working is working on, like this is kind of your, this is kind of your chance to get in the game. And our goal coming into this, um, you know, like, like Tracy said, we, we're used to working with dealers. We, we manage uh, collectively large dealer networks. So we don't want the IHCA to be viewed as um, solely focused on either manufacturers or component suppliers. Right. Really the, the retailers are the lifeblood of our association and our industry. So we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, adequately understand what their needs are and how we can work harder to make sure that those needs are met. I was talking to uh, Brent Long from Plasco Light the other day about the IHG membership drive and his part in it. And it was interesting talking to him because he was saying that, you know, really you want the IHTA to be a representative of the whole industry. And if there aren't retailers involved in that then you're missing that key part. And of course, that of course you guys are talking to your dealer network and you're getting a lot of feedback from them. And so there is that aspect of it, but what someone who is a Watkins or Jacuzzi dealer is dealing with could look a lot different from someone who's a dealer for another brand. And it's just, it's not necessarily the same, the same world. Right. And I would say, you know, back to your earlier question, Megan, about some, some big wins that we've had. You know, one that we've had recently that that Tracine actually mentioned was we have worked very closely with the PHTA leadership team and specifically Sabina. And we had a pretty big win this year where we were able to kind of work out a revenue sharing agreement with them where the IHTA now has its own operating budgets and um, a portion of the proceeds that we um, generate from the membership drive goes into the IHTA operating budget. And those funds are solely used for protection and uh, awareness for our industry, the hot tub industry. It doesn't get you know, diverted to maybe the builder trade or the service trade. Um, and that's another reason why retailers should be excited about this because their participation will directly benefit the hot tub industry. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a really good point. Because you know, the, the, the hot tub industry, like we said, gets lumped in with swimming pools and we don't appreciate that sometimes. And so for retailers, yeah, I can understand. I don't want my, my money going to this side of the industry that doesn't impact my business really at all. And so it's so great that you guys have found a way that, you know, you become a a PhD member at large, but a lot of those funds are then going directly to the hot tub industry. So I'm glad you brought that up. Is there a specific link or somewhere that they need to sign up so that people know 
that they are signing up for these funds to go to the IHTA? We actually have a microsite, uh, an IHTA microsite that's part of the PHTA website, and there's a membership sign-up form on there. And then they can also notate on the membership form, you know, what part of the industry that they're in. So talking to Sabina and some people at the at the PHTA, it's been a hard year for associations because you know, people have been so incredibly busy that it's hard for them to have the level of involvement that they normally would. It's just everyone's lives have just been insane for all of the reasons that we already know. But I'm curious what you guys would say about why you see membership being important and not just for the dollars that it helps bring in to protect the industry, but, but for the retailers, what are some of the things that being a member of, of PHTA and IHTA can do for them, for their businesses, and then just for their own personal benefit? Back to the advocacy, I know we brought that up a few times today, but if you look at some of the macro global trends happening out there, particularly in the areas of water and energy and particularly, you know, water restrictions and, and um, using less energy, we, we need a well-funded trade organization to be able to combat any, you know, any types of restrictions that are unfairly placed on our industry. And I can tell you that those will only get, um, you know, increase over time, not decrease particularly as our industry has more visibility and becomes larger. Right. Um, as industries become more larger, they, they're also subject to more inspection, if you will. So now's the right time to, to you know, make sure that our, our trade association is well-funded. So we're prepared for, for those eventualities. The filter that I've been trying to look at everything through, you know, as I give advice to dealers as we drive our strategy is we're in this opportunity where we're installing more spas than we have in decades, right? Like we're all benefiting from that. So what are the things that come along with that? Right. And I mean, Steve said it exactly right, which is we, we need to be prepared for, you know, people taking notice of this industry in a way that's never happened before. Right. It's we're growing at this rapid pace that we, we all, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed are hoping is going to continue, you know, for, for years. And as a result of what's happened here. Yeah, that's a great point. And I'm sorry, Megan, one more thing too, maybe more specific to the local dealer. There are other benefits that retailers get by joining PHTA or IHTA. As an example, the education and training programs, the networking opportunities. We know that, you know, there's shortages in the labor market right now. And, you know, companies are really looking for employees. How are they going to professionally onboard them and train, train them? The IHTA has resources to help with that, to make sure you're well-connected within the industry. That's also a way to potentially attract more people to your business. So there are other softer benefits too that that would directly um, be of benefit to retailers in the space. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning too, again, I think people associate PHTA education with swimming pools, but they do have specific training programs for the hot tub industry. They have a hot tub technician training program that is not for built-in spas, that is mm-hmm. for portable hot tubs. And they also have a retail training program or class that you can take as well. So there are specific education for the hot tub side of the industry that the PHTA offers. So something, Megan, that I would add, we kind of, you know, we were kind of joking about the acronym soup in the beginning, right? Where all these mergers and transitions have happened. What we found is we've been pushing, you know, membership, you know, that conversation with our dealers Many of them didn't recognize they were already a PHTA member. They just may not have acknowledged within the PHTA that they wanted to participate in the IHTA. It isn't an additional fee. There's no additional uh, registration fee associated with it, but it is a sort of a designation that we're 
hoping when you do become a member or if you are a member of the PHTA that you be sure to acknowledge that you want to participate in the IHTA as well. Yeah. And you know, of course you can sign up, you can send in your membership fee and, and call it a day. But something that I have found interesting over the years, as I've talked to people within the industry, and as I've done my work in the industry, that the more involved that people become and the more they volunteer and give of their own time, it seems like the more it benefits them in terms of networking, in terms of their own knowledge and status within the industry. And, you know, those things, those things make a difference. You know, it's, it's kind of a a trope, but (laughs) sometimes when you, you know, the more you give back kind of the more, the more you get. Totally. You know, to that point, there's also several opportunities uh, for members to get involved. There's lots of different committees and, and various councils and, you know, as a nonprofit organization, it's not like we have a lot of extra resources sitting around. So we need all the support and the help we can get. And that collectively makes our industry stronger. Yeah. I sit on the wave steering committee, which is for young professionals in the industry, which has been a really fun experience for me that I have, I've enjoyed getting to know the people on that committee, but you know, a lot of times we're talking about it's, it's swimming pool people. I would love to see more people from the hot tub side join that because the labor shortage is not just for swimming pools. It is also for hot tubs and bringing in that young, fresh talent is important for that side of the, of the industry too. So, you know, join the PHGA, send your people to uh, some wave meetings, <laughs> make the, make the industry a better place for all. Yeah. And it's also a great opportunity, something like that for, for retailers to give uh, development opportunities and growth opportunities to their staff and keep them engaged and increase employee retention. So there's certainly a lot of benefits there as well. Yeah, it's pretty easy. And again, especially in the last the last year or so when things have been so nuts, is just sort of get, you know, tunnel vision on what you're doing in your day to day and trying to keep your head above water. It's really easy to sort of not see the big picture right now of what's going on in the industry as a whole. But these are really important issues that the IHTA is working on and that the PHTA is working on. And it's something that, you know, I think the whole industry needs to throw their support behind. Absolutely agree. Is there anything that we, that we didn't mention about what you guys have been doing that we should, that we should talk about any trade secrets you want to share with each other on the podcast? That'd be great. (laughs) I I don't know if we'll do that, but we would like to have a shameless plug to solicit as much support to our membership drive uh, campaign as possible. Truly every membership makes a really big difference to the trade association and the level of support that we're able to provide to the industry. So, you know, don't hesitate. It's really doesn't cost that much to join. It's $50 a month. And okay. Benefits are, are, you know, way more than, than that uh, minimal monthly fee. Yeah. I was just going to say it's, it's not expensive. We're not talking thousands of dollars a year. I mean, let's right now with the amount of hot tubs that are being sold, $50 a month should be a drop in the bucket for you. And if it's not, <laughs> maybe we can help you with your accounting. <laughs> yeah, say, you may, you might be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, both of you for, for being on today and for talking about this. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. It was a pleasure. Really appreciate it. The Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at sparetailer.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.